I'm Montana. I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today, I'm going to tell Samantha about the Lawson family murders. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking? Today, we are drinking boozy eggnog. (laughs) Because why not? (laughs) That's what I call it anyway. I don't know if it has an an official term, but you're basically just going to Take some eggnog and you're going to add some spice drum to it. I would say to taste, honestly, Um, but be careful with that. Don't add Mm -hmm. too much. And I like to sprinkle a little bit of uh, cinnamon on top whenever I do that. It's pretty nice. My husband and I actually had that on Sunday. I decided to do something a little different because I saw it when we did our um, work Christmas party. Paul bought it for our dirty Santa, whatever you want to call it. And I ended up stealing it because I wanted it. And (laughs) it was very tasty. So I got it for tonight too. And this is actually um, Shiner Nog. So it's it's Moonshine Eggnog. Oh my God. It's so good. It's not full on like moonshine. Like normally when you buy the the jar, it's like 35% or something. But like seriously, you can just drink it right out of the, right out of the thing. But it's really yummy. So that's what I'm drinking. It's a little twist on it. Well, no wonder. I saw you like pick it up right before we started recording. I was like, why is that so white? Like mine is kind (laughs) of. Yeah, the spiced rum adds some color to the eggnog for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So cheers. Cheers. Again. Here we go. Get us in the holiday spirit. Now, apparently I've heard heard of this case, but I don't remember it. So we'll see. I'll probably do the Eureka sound when you get to a certain point but um yeah well and i've i've made a grave mistake and i put a metal straw and i heard it (laughs) to clear up those clinking noises no 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 as a as a christmas present to myself uh and to all of you dear listeners i'm gonna leave that sound in because i'm too (laughs) tired (laughs) so just deal with it merry christmas (laughs) merry christmas so before i get started i'm gonna recite my resources obviously wikipedia um an article on southerncalls.com about the loss and family tragedy horror obsess horror com, uh planet slade.com and myfox8.com so they'll be linked in the show notes i'm not gonna read out the whole url suck a butt all right So, as I said before, you've probably heard of this story. And I picked it. It's an older case. It's it's 100 years old. And the reason I picked it was there's a couple of different reasons. Number one, uh, it's the holiday season. And this is a it's a pretty brutal murder. I'm not going to lie. But with distance comes less like weightiness yeah and to top that off i am in my depressive season and so when i was researching another case that was on theme um i realized that it wasn't put me in a good headspace and so i dropped it for now i'll come back to it no worries and i started doing this one um and the other reason 
is because it's actually a Christmas murder. Oh, okay. So, Merry Christmas. You get murder. (laughs) Well, anybody that's my friend on Facebook has seen how I have shared all of the nice hard rock and emo versions of Christmas carols and songs. And I'm like, yay, it's all better now. (laughs) I'm not so depressed anymore. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so we'll start out by giving a little bit of background. Um, Also, for those of you that don't know, we are Christmassy. I have my Christmas nails on. Montana has her Christmas nails on. We are being festive. Bam, bitches. Plus eggnog. Hang on. I'm going to take a picture of my nails with my eggnog, and you can post that (laughs) on our social media. I can do that. There we go. All right. I'll send that to you when we're done. So, Charles Lawson married Fanny... Manring in 1911. They just right out the gate. I'm just writing nonsense. Sounds they, about right. They quickly began procreating. It was the early 1900s <laughs> and produced, why did I write it like that? Eight children together. <laughs> okay. All right. Sadly, I don't see a problem so far, but keep going. <laughs> Sadly, the third born, William, born in 1914, died of an illness in 1920. Charles, his wife, and their... (laughs) (laughs) Charles, his wife, and their litter of children moved to Germantown area following the move of his younger brothers, Marion and Elijah. Isn't litter the correct term for children? I thought it was. I think it's for, I think that's cats. Oh, my bad. I mean, your cats are Same your thing. kids. Yeah. This is true. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Why do I do this to myself? Mm-hmm. The Lawsons worked as tenant tobacco farmers, saving enough money by 1927 to buy their own farm on Brook Cove Road. Wonder how much that cost him. Ten bucks? <laughs> Sorry. Back then? Maybe. Yeah. I'm just pissy because of the rising <laughs> housing know. market forced me to buy a house that was twice the amount I wanted to spend on a house, but I'm a millennial and we get shit on all the time. Uh I really need you, like, if you're looking for a, a cherry episode. This might not be for you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs> Thanks for crashing the housing market again <laughs> for the second time in my lifetime. It's not crashed. Yet. yet. Anyway, let's fast forward two years. Early morning of Christmas Day, 1929, Marie, the oldest child at 17, woke early to blend butter, sugar, and egg whites. Roll a cup of raisins in flour and pour the mixture into two circular pans. Her signature dessert soon would be iced, decorated, and ready for the holiday festivities. Around the same time, Charles and his 16-year-old son, Arthur, along with their two beagles, decided to go hunting. They ran out of ammunition, so Charles sent his son into town to buy more. And just as a clarification, I found different accounts on like this interaction right here 
And in one article, in another article, it said that Arthur had been rabbit hunting alone, not with his father, Charles. And when he ran out of ammunition, he went into town on his own accord to buy ammunition. I don't know that that distinction really matters, but. Oh, okay. This sounds really familiar. I knew it would. It's a it's a pretty popular case. That was the Eureka moment for anybody paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Eureka. Back at the farm, Marie was finishing up in the kitchen. Her two younger sisters, Carrie, 12 years old, and Maybell, 6 years old, left to visit their aunt and uncle nearby. And I just want to, before I go any farther, I want to reiterate and give all the trigger warnings. This is very gruesome. It's very brutal. And there are trigger warnings for suicide. So. And there's a trigger warning for my dog. Yelling in the background. It's her 15th birthday today. Happy birthday, baby. I know. Sweet girl. She's still a puppy in my eyes. Anyway. However, the two girls would never make it. As they set off, their father was waiting by the tobacco barn, and as soon as they came into view, he shot them with a 12-gauge shotgun. Then he proceeded to bludgeon them with a weapon to ensure they were truly dead. Once he was finished with the girls, Charles made his way back to the house where Fanny, his wife, was peeling potatoes on the porch. As he approached his wife on the porch, he shot her. He shoved more bullets into the shotgun and opened the front door of the home where he opened fire. He struck Marie, who fell to the floor in front of the fireplace. He reloaded again and shot James, the youngest boy at two years old, and Raymond, who was four years old. And again, trigger warning. Then he turned on his four-month-old Mary Lou and bludgeoned her to death. After all of this horror, Charles made his way behind the home and into the woods. After a few hours, he died by suicide. I'm unsure of who discovered the bodies. There is one account that says visiting family discovered them, but another that says it was the eldest son, Arthur, who discovered the gruesome scene after returning from from town. Either way, they were discovered, and the two beagles led searchers to Charles's body in the woods. Police found a letter to his parents and on a crumpled scrap of paper that quote said quote blame nobody but i and there seem to have been footsteps like uh, imprint foot imprints found around the tree where charles's body was discovered and it was speculated that he was pacing around the tree prior to taking his own life hmm. like maybe he was unsure yeah i think is what they were getting at they were also discovered all posed. Their arms were crossed across them, and they had pillows under their heads. The first two victims were found in the barn in the same pose, but with rocks under their heads. I'm assuming since they didn't have pillows in the barn. Mm-hmm. So here's something extremely sad. All of the family were buried in a mass grave, including Charles. The youngest member of the family, three-month-old Mary Lou, was buried in her mother's arms. So, so far, what are you thinking? As in who's guilty or what? Because this is mostly, I'm just thinking sad, but. Yeah, it's 
pretty I'm, I'm waiting to hear the rest. I'm assuming there's more because otherwise this would be the shortest episode we've ever recorded. Nope, that's it. We're done. Oh, okay. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Um, so, Good apparent. thing we talked for two minutes first. <laughs> I know. We're just padding the episode. It's okay. Apparently, in 1927... Uh, sorry. Where do we start that? Apparently, 1927 was no exception to rubbernecking. The funeral had a massive turnout, with over 5,000 outsiders packing the tiny cemetery the day the family was laid to rest. A quote from an article... Change. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh, it gets worse. A quote from an article uh, that I found said, From hillside and valley, from hamlet and city, they gathered, the Winston-Salem Journal reported. For three miles along the road, cars were parked, while men and women, many with babies in their arms, made their way through the mud to the cemetery. There they crammed and jammed to get a glimpse of the seven caskets and tuned their ears to hear the tributes paid. Like, what the fuck? They didn't have TV. I understand I mean, think, that. Uh, like, let's, let's, be, let's be honest. Think about the number of viewers that, what is that chick, Nancy Grace or something, got on that whole, um, that whole case, uh, I cannot think of her name, the mother that killed her daughter. Uh, uh, um, I don't know why my brain just with an A. Anyway, like that case went on for weeks, months even. Casey Anthony, thank you. That went on for weeks and months. Do you know how many viewers she had during that time period? Like, and that's because she had TV. So this is just more of the same before electronics and being able to view it from a distance. Yeah. I just. These people just put a little more effort into it by driving into town. And taking their babies and walking in mud and trying to like pack into a cemetery that couldn't hold them. Like, it's just. It's gross. I say with a true As much as, well, no, but as much as, that's what I was going to say, as much as we do, like, the research on the cases and stuff, I would not go to this. No, absolutely. I would not go to a public hanging or any other public execution. I wouldn't be there as a spectator just watching. I don't want to see that. So there's a line. There's a difference. I, I think between and and I think it's just different versions of curiosity, I guess, different levels of morbid, I guess, curiosity. Yeah, um, I'm not quite to that level. Never have been. I don't foresee me ever being there. But I think you and I are both like extreme empaths and neither one of us could handle a situation like that. Like just the severe like tragedy of the whole situation. And the grieving family, I I don't know. It was the twenties. Yeah, it was a time. Yeah. So, why did this happen? Why did Charles Lawson turn on almost his entire family, then himself? Because let me remind you, there's one surviving member, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Well, no one truly knows, but there are plenty of theories. There's also some odd behavior leading up to the massacre, and I'll go over it. For instance, just before Christmas that year, Charles took his family into town to have a portrait taken. This doesn't seem strange 
on the surface, except for the fact that Charles was a working class farmer and spent a hefty sum of money to ensure his family had brand new clothes for this occasion. That's eight people who needed new clothes in the twenties. Not to mention the amount of what those portraits cost. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. I mean, what they cost today, and they were way more back then. Yeah. I mean, relative, obviously. Yeah. Everything's relative. According to Einstein. Mm. Is that right? No, I don't know. That was dumb. Uh, delete that. Me. I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not deleting it. I'm leaving it. It causes several of the locals to question this event, which like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So my notes say, which like, fuck all the way off. Why is everyone so damn nosy? Like, yeah, it's peculiar, but mind your own damn business. Fair. <laughs> I'm That's not curious. Somebody, no, somebody should have been there and said all that. All of it. I would have been, I would have been burned as a witch. It to every, yeah, you would have. Totally. <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> uh... I'm not from this time period, so I can't say if it was truly odd for him to do this or not, but a lot of people in these articles say it was weird. Which, okay, sure. There's another theory that says that Charles was suffering from an altered mental state after sustaining a head injury months before the event. However, an autopsy and analysis of his brain at Johns Hopkins Hospital found no abnormalities. In one article, I found there is a bit more on the head trauma theory. The article written, the article was written by Susie C. Spear, states that Charles had, in fact, been acting very erratically in the months leading up to the incident and had complained to the family doctor. I guess HIPAA wasn't a thing back then. Obviously, on, <laughs> yeah. On more than one occasion of terrible headaches and insomnia. She also points out that this is all backed up in uh, Trudy J. Smith's book, The Meaning of Our Tears. This lends a lot more credence to the claims that instead of planning to kill his family, Charles Lawson lost his mind and that the act was in the spur of the moment. Which, I mean, could, was probably, I mean, anybody who does something like that has some kind of like mental instability mm -hmm. like just are there they'd have to yeah they'd have to and it doesn't have to stem from like head trauma it could be a psychotic break it could be all all sorts of things like just well it could be something that you know doesn't have a physical indication that's the thing yeah like, just because you're looking at a brain doesn't mean you're actually going to be able to see all of the problems that could have a factor here. There's a, a chemical imbalance that does a lot of different things. That I don't feel like that would always show up in a physical type situation, especially if they've been dead for any length of time. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Just And autopsies being what they were in the, what, 20s? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they like re-examined his brain afterwards. I didn't see anything about that. But again, how much can you really see by digging up a dead body that's been buried for that long? I mean, I'm sure you can see some things, but I I can't imagine it's super helpful. They're just. <laughs> 
whenever they do an autopsy on me and they cut open my skull, all they're going to find is like a bunch of marbles rolling around in there. Where is her brain? I knew it. I knew it. I've been saying it for years. <laughs> There's one of those like monkeys with the symbols. <laughs> uh, I sure feel like it some days. Tell me about it. Um, one of the last theories brought forward was a rumor that circulated after the book uh, White Christmas, Bloody Christmas was published in 1990 about the murders. There was a claim of Charles sexually abusing Marie, his eldest daughter, and that she was pregnant at the time with her father's child. The claim was made by an anonymous source who heard a rumor during a tour of the Lawson home shortly after the murders. The day before the book was to be published, the author received a phone call from Stella Lawson. This was their niece, a relative who had already been interviewed for the book. Stella said she had overheard Fanny, the mother, uh, Fanny's sister-in-law and aunts, including Stella's mother, Jetty Lawson, discussing how Fanny had confided in them that she had been concerned about an incestuous relationship between Charlie and Marie. This is what third or fourth person <laughs> this testimony. Yeah. Jetty denied uh, sorry, Jetty died in early 1928, meaning Fanny had been suspicious of the incest at least that long before the murders in the in late uh, 1929. More support of this theory was revealed in The Meaning of Our Tears, published by the same author in 2006. A close friend of Marie Lawson's, Ella May, came forward and disclosed that a few weeks before Christmas in 1929, Marie confided in her that she was pregnant by her own father, and that both he and Fanny knew about this. Another close friend and neighbor to the Lawson family, Hill Hampton, stated that he knew of serious problems going on within the family, but declined to elaborate. Okay. So the thing, the thing about the pregnancy doesn't quite fit for me. <laughs> I mean, there was no evidence of a pregnancy, and none of this information came out until over 60 years later. When a book was being written or whatever? Hmm. Yeah. It could be one of those situations where no one wants to speak ill of the dead, but no proof of pregnancy was ever made public, and she had an autopsy, autopsy done. Yeah, I feel like they would have mentioned that. Yeah. I mean, maybe they withheld that information, but at this point... Yeah, but you, why? I... Why to scare it? the family? The one person? Yeah. Left how dare, alive? How dare a 17-year-old woman fall pregnant? I always hate that saying. Like, how are you going to fall pregnant? Well, I'm not going to explain it to you. If I have to explain it <laughs> to you. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I Old terminology. Yeah. Not accurate. Surprise. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm always suspicious of these old cases when stuff comes to light 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. It's like, hmm, where has this been the whole time? Unless it's like DNA or something like that. Okay, well, that's actual physical, provable links. Okay, that's one thing. But all of a sudden, oh, yeah, she talked to me about this and that and the other and... You know, I know it was 50 years ago, but 
Now I just feel like I need to get it off my chest since you're writing a book. But how does anyone remember anything from 50 years ago? I can't remember anything from like two hours ago. That's why I always reminded by Sophia about stuff I said two or three years ago. It might not be accurate in her, in my defense, you know, (laughs) hearing about it from a six or seven year old at the time, now nine, but still sometimes her memory is better than mine. So, well, she's a child. She has not ruined her brain with alcohol. It's true. Her brain is still fresh. Terrible decisions. A bunch of weed. So much true crime. So many podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, but seriously, I just, I I don't, I don't trust any, I don't trust mm -mm. any book that comes out by somebody this far in the past and makes claims like that. Like it New claims. That are just based on rumors, basically. It it feels so insidious in some ways. This is my Mm -hmm. opinion. This is my opinion. You can have your own opinions. It it does. It kind of feels like it's trying to generate interest because the story has been told. So let's come up with something new. Yeah. Doesn't mean that's the... that It doesn't mean that that was what they were going for. I'm just saying that's what it seems like. Yeah. Kind of like the new Casey Anthony thing that came out. Um, She can go suck a butt. (laughs) Like how long ago was that? And then all of a sudden, I guess she ran out of money and because apparently they won't release whether she's making any money on this or not. No, she's not making she's not making any money on the episode. She's making money on the pictures that they take of her and they use from it. Well, she's making money. That's all I heard. So. Not worth it. No. <laughs> not going to watch it. No, I don't no. care. I know what I know enough about that to know I don't want to do anything that could potentially give her any money. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it. Anytime it comes up on anything, I just like close it out. I don't fuck her. But it's that it's that kind of thing. Like it comes out years and years and years later, generate interest, give someone money for it, regardless of whether it's her or not. Doesn't really matter. That was a terrible case. It was brutal. It was ridiculous. It should not, it shouldn't have happened to begin with. But just in general, we should not still be talking about this. Gone. Done. It was such a shallow reason to, and just your own, I can't, Mm -hmm. fuck Casey Anthony. Fuck her. 100%. And then you have people like you and I that get judged for not having children. Yeah. And we get called selfish. I can't even brush the knot out of the back of my hair right now. You really think <laughs> you don't Samantha need to can see it right now? <laughs> I've brushed the knots out of your hair. <laughs> you really think that I need children? Like, no, Mm-mm. ain't happening, my friend. Whew. Sometimes the more responsible decision is the decision not to have children, rather Bingo. than the decision to have children because you've been told you're supposed to. Bingo. Just saying. I agree. Anyway, the whole point of the story being like it comes that late after it just does like there's a difference between something like that and something like when I talked about the Birmingham Axe murders and he put together Jeremy Gray put together an entire book on them. This was information that had not been compiled and and put together in one source basically ever. So he did a shit ton of research to put all of this together. And it was based off of historical documents and newspaper articles and stuff like that, that he could find. Yeah. And he was just fact giving. He wasn't so giving his opinion. Different. 
it was simply the fact so that you can come to the conclusion yourself. Exactly. Just like uh, what's its face on the In Your Own Backyard podcast. Oh, dang. I can't remember. Anyone who's listening to this probably has listened to that and you understand what I'm trying to say. He goes around, he interviews people around this case and he doesn't give his opinion. Not once. The case has been resolved now. I think due to that. What was it? Kristen Smart? I think it was Kristen Smart. If I if I get that wrong, don't yell at me. Uh, <laughs> don't, yell, don't yell at Montana. She's very fragile right now. I am. I'm having a hard week. We're recording this like hours before I have to have it edited and released. So Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Now, <laughs> on to one of the most. I was take that, but I know you're not going to. I'm not going to. Anyway. I'm not editing that out. Uh, now, on to one of the most disgusting details of this murder, except for the murder itself. I hope you're ready. Within 10 days of I'm the not. murders, Charlie. I still have eggnog left. I'm not ready. Oh, yeah. Charles's uh, brother, Marion, knew Arthur, Arthur, their surviving son, would need money to keep up with the mortgage payments. So he decided to take an ad out in the newspaper offering tours of the home, uncleaned, for 25 cents. So with all the blood stains, with the crib where one of the babies died, the ho- they, he hired tour guides. He put a fence. This is a mortgage it. that he needs to pay, though. So he's living in this house with it being uncleaned. No, he's not living oh. there. Well, why is he paying the mortgage? Because it's a. There's also a bunch of land. It's a farm too. Oh, but still, ugh. yeah. It's it's disgusting. Not. Just wait. That's uh, that's a that's suspect. I'm I'm going to just throw that out there. I know there are people out there that need money and they'll do a lot of things for money because they need it so badly. But I can't imagine having a house where a good chunk of your family was murdered, not touching it, not cleaning it, leaving it there, and then having people tour it and being okay with that. I just, I can't understand that mindset at all. That's suspect. They didn't just tour it, Sam. At their peak... These tours pulled in as many as 500 people a day, many of whom pocketed a raisin from the service of Marie's cake and some other small keepsakes before leaving. They put that cake under a glass dish and left it there Mm. for this tour. Okay. And people... Go go on, please. City does not cover it. I, there's something seriously disturbed with people that do this. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm, I'm totally gonna sit in judgment because this is messed up. Yeah, I agree. I've always had problems with people trying to peek into crime scenes and even go around the police tape or whatever because you're fucking up the crime scene. But no. and that goes for half the Hallmark movies out there that are bakery <laughs> workers who are trying to solve a case. Go the fuck to the bakery. Yeah, this is not this is not where you shine. Go back to your day job. I just don't the other day quit your day job. Go back to it. I mean, I feel this way. This is why places that have these well-known houses, like the apartment that Jeffrey Dahmer lived in, or the house that John Wayne Gacy lived in, they end up. Sometimes the city will buy it so they can tear it down. 
because there's so many complaints from the residents that people are just gawking and it's just like making those residents relive everything that they went through. Like, this is why, because these people are still around. Like, I just, I would not, I cannot, I don't understand. Well, it gets a little, it gets a little bit worse. I mean, at least had his, his okay. I mean, he's getting the money for it on the bright. I mean, I'll give that to it. It, it, At least he's getting the money for it, I guess. But he was a 16 year old kid. Gross. Like, what was he supposed to do? Like, look at, look at these adults and be like, who's advising him? It's the 20s. He's an adult, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) whatever. So it gets worse. When the family's belongings were auctioned at the end of January 1930, it was the murder weapons themselves which ignited the crowd. The shotgun used to slay the seven members of his family attracted the greatest interest and went under rapid-fire bidding, the SRNL reported. Other articles that held intimate connection with the Christmas Day tragedy also brought favorable prices under the bidding of curiosity seekers. Who was the one that, who was the, who was the, I'm, look, listen. There was a guy that had a museum full of stuff that he bought in these types of auctions. Yeah. But who was the murderer who who did the paintings? That's Gacy. The, The guy that had the museum had a bunch of his paintings. Like, there is no way in hell I'm buying any murderabilia. Like, it's disgusting. I like the guy that paid like thousands of dollars overbid for the Dahmer shit so that because the the victims' families were supposed to get the money and then destroyed everything in it so nobody could ever have it. Yeah. Just bought the whole lot and destroyed it. That was a pretty good thing. Don't buy murderabilia. That's sick. No. What are you going to do? Show it in your house? I wouldn't want that kind of crap in my house. Bring in bad juju. Yeah, like, oh, look, this was the shotgun that killed an entire family. No, thank Ooh. you. What the fuck is wrong with people? Ugh. Yes, there's heavy judging. And if you've done this, I'm not even going to apologize. I'm, I'm heavily judging you. Just, yeah, this is the wrong know. podcast for you. <laughs> We're, we we draw hard lines like on certain topics, and that's one of them. <laughs> buy it and destroy it, and yeah. buy it and give them. And as long as the money's going to like the victims' families, okay, yeah. that I can that I'm I can hundred percent back. But if you buy it out of curiosity and somebody else is getting the money, no, not somebody related to the victims, no, Mm-mm. nope, sorry, yeah, ugh. So Gross. later later that year, Arthur. Join the tent show exhibition of Lawson family memorabilia, which Marion, his uncle, had put together for Mount Airy's county show. They took the crib, where one of the babies died, and pieces of furniture out and exhibited it at the fairs for people to see. Other accounts say Marie's cake, the stove it was baked in, and at least one of Charlie's guns were also exhibited at the tent shows with a baker station out front to summon in the crowds. So they went on tour. Like, gross. Like, they got done with the house and they packed up stuff and then they went out and toured with it. Like a circus. 
So even though Arthur was spared, which can we talk about how strange that decision was? Like, how did how did his father come to the conclusion that, like, I'm going to kill everybody except, except for Arthur? Me. Yeah. And where was Arthur, Arthur throughout this whole thing? He had been either rabbit hunting or hunting with his father. Okay, that's what I thought. And then went into town to get more bullets. Mm-hmm. Which, if he needed more bullets, why didn't he just go to his dad to get more bullets? Because his dad obviously had more bullets. Unless it was obviously. his dad who told him to go to town. Simply for that. Maybe. And he wanted to spare his eldest son? Like, But what's the Maybe point he had some twisted thought process of, my lineage has to continue. <sighs> Maybe. I mean, that, that's probably the only thing that really makes sense. It's about as crazy weird. as anything else on this case. Yeah, tell me about it. So uh, he did pass away a few years after this in 1945 at the age of 31 in a motor accident. He left behind a wife and four children. That sucks. So that's the Lawson family murders. And what do you think? Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um. I vaguely remember, I've definitely heard this case before, so I vaguely remembered bits and pieces, but not all of it. I vaguely remember the part that pissed me off the most, which was the whole house thing. Um, I don't know. I think it could be just in his twisted mind, he did send his son to save him from all of that, or he thought he would be back and he would have time to do that. Maybe that's why he was pacing he was waiting for Arthur to come back and Arthur didn't come back in time and he just couldn't wait any longer and killed himself. Oh, that's a good, that's a good theory. Cause like, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I so Arthur could have defended the family if he was there. If he's yeah. gone in town, he doesn't know what's happening. He was waiting on Arthur to come back. He just couldn't wait and killed himself. That's my primary theory. Um, because it doesn't seem like anything ties Arthur to it. So I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think I, I don't, I haven't heard anything that convinces me that he would have anything to do with it. Yeah. Um, I, I think this was honestly for, for plausible theories <laughs> between the ones you said and the one I said, I feel like mine is the most plausible. <laughs> um, honestly, I don't feel like the other ones really make much sense to me i do yeah. think he definitely had some mental illness i i don't know that there was anything to do with the other rumors that came up later but just in general i think he had a mental illness i think for whatever the reason he had had enough and he decided the only answer was to kill his family well you hear about um where family annihilators all the time like and it frequently happens on the holidays or around the holidays yeah and so, there's no, there's no like reasoning behind it. It's. I do think it was planned. I think he did do the portraits and he did spend all that money. I think he did do it because he was planning on killing them. He may well, have not known the exact timing, but he knew it was coming. I did see another theory where, or somebody who had said, like, it was like a blog article that I had looked at where somebody was talking about this case. And they were like, I don't think that he was the one who decided to take like do the portraits like they think uh fanny was the one really pushing for the portraits and he just was just pure coincidence yeah oh i got another theory fanny was pushing for it 
he spent all this money, realized he didn't have any money, and it drove him to that point. Yeah, maybe. That would have cost a lot of money. It really would. Eight outfits? My God. I can't afford eight outfits. And back then, <laughs> it wasn't like you ordered them from Amazon and had them delivered. They were, like, custom. Yeah. They had to be tailored. If you didn't make them yourself, it was extremely expensive to have have them made for the family. Ugh. Oh, but the thought of that, just like the whole thing, though, is just oh, so tragic. Yeah, it truly. Is. Anytime I hear something like this where it's a whole family, regardless of who did it, it's just so many lives lost for who knows why. It, it, there's no possible valid valid reason, but it happened. And then to have one that was so young, only months old, like. You have have to have something messed up in your head to be able to do that. To bludgeon a four-month-old to death? Yeah. What? Just, ugh. That is. Or, you know, maybe Arthur ran. Maybe his dad tried to attack him, and he ran because he was scared. And he didn't want to. he just had no idea that anything was going to happen to the family. And then he didn't want to admit to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe. who would? Yeah, that's possible. He's 16. He's a kid. Yeah, but you would think eventually he would admit to it. Well, uh, he was only 31 when he died. Might not have got to him. I mean, I didn't really truly start therapy until... And think about it, too. Maybe he suppressed it. Our brains can do some really crazy stuff. Girl, tell me about it. So it could have replayed it in a completely different way, and it just told him, Nah, dude. Your dad told you, or you, you, you went to go get some bullets, that's all. Yeah, that could have been it. I don't know. We'll never know. I mean, my brain does crazy things all the time. I've cried like four times in the past two days. I mean, trauma is a is a bitch. It can do yeah. all kinds of stuff to our brains. It can rewrite memories and it can eliminate some. So, I mean, it's it's not too far left field. I mean, he could have come home, saw what he saw and just shut down. I mean, I've done that before. I shut down from like trauma responses and things like that my life is not that terrible listeners i am just feeling very emotional right now and samantha diagnosed me earlier and says you need to watch twilight and just cry (laughs) oh my god i do don't i the exact wording that i used but relatively close i guess that's what i need to so when we get done with this i'm gonna edit it and then watch twilight and drink eggnog and cry um no i'm not gonna cry i've already done that once today <laughs> you're welcome uh thank you help. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so merry christmas that's the <laughs> <laughs> we'll have one more episode before christmas though there'll be uh, one more there'll be two more maybe if we end up doing a bonus maybe i don't know maybe. should we i don't know uh have you been naughty or nice dear listener because we'll only give you one if you've that's been naughty Fair growl. I can't do that. <laughs> what is that? I'm trying to. That was your bonus. bonus. <laughs> There's your bonus. I'm gonna make that into a sound bite. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Then <laughs> <laughs> right, that's your new intro right there. There we go. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, anyway, so um, what are we doing? 
Follow us on social medias at Rupertel's Podcast. Social medias being Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can email us at reapergals at reapertales.com. Only nice things. I cannot stress this enough. Only nice things. Uh, I really am going to have to add that rule <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe, all of the lovely things, dear listeners, on whatever platform you are listening on. And until next time, be extra naughty for us. Love you. Mean it. Bye. The Reaper will come for us all.